Welcome to Dear Empath with Gus Baxter. On this weekly podcast, we discuss all things personal, spiritual, and professional growth and break down these philosophies into everyday language we can all understand. Let's walk on this journey together. In this three-part series, we are going to talk about living an empathic life and the skills that will help you create a more holistic and balanced life. If you haven't listened to our exploration of the emotions, I suggest taking some time to listen to episodes three, four, and five. These episodes will walk you through the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear, and give you a foundational understanding of the messages these emotions carry and the questions we can ask to hear those messages. In the following three episodes, we are going to explore internal, external, and spiritual skills to help you strengthen your understanding of empathy and how you experience the world. Treat these episodes like primers or foundational courses. The experience of empathy and the practice that gives you the most strength and confidence can be unique to each person. With this foundational knowledge, you have the personal authority to explore what works best for you. On today's episode, we are furthering our journey of empathic living, discussing three external skills you can start developing today to support yourself and your empathy. External skills build off of the internal skills we discussed last week. If you haven't already listened to the episode on internal skills, I suggest stopping and visiting that episode now or listening to it after this one. Understanding how you interact with the world and getting comfortable in setting those rules and expectations is very important for supporting your empathy. Our internal skills help us create a healthy environment within us, while these external skills help us create a healthy environment outside of ourselves. We can't control other people or make them act a certain way, but we can set the expectation of how we will be treated or what our boundaries are. In episode eight, we explored the three internal skills of treating yourself with kindness, learning what your triggers are, and scheduling time for self-care. These skills build a foundation of love and respect within yourself. You are worthy of that love. You are worthy of your own respect and admiration. However, we are taught to find those virtues outside of ourselves. Admiration and respect is what you get from other people. You know you're worthy because other people say you are. This is conditioned thinking and can make you disregard the internal skills or think that they're not worth your time. I cannot stress enough how powerful these skills will make you. As you get more comfortable treating yourself with kindness and learning your triggers, you will react differently when you start to feel negative. Your boss calls you into his office or Zoom meeting to tell you what you're doing wrong. Past you would have harped on every word he said and spent the rest of the day spiraling out, linking this feeling with every other time you failed. Empathic you who is working on creating a supportive and healthy inner world, would take that criticism and think, wow, I feel terrible, and I'm going to go get a coffee and let this sting of failure lessen a bit. 
Now that you've calmed down and are in a more grounded state, you ask yourself, why am I angry? What boundary was crossed? What needs to be restored? You thought, up until that meeting, that you were doing a good job. You thought you had a good understanding of what was being asked of you. In order to reset that boundary, you schedule a meeting with your superior for the end of the day and ask, can you run me through this process again? I want to make sure I'm fully understanding what I'm being asked to do. You leave work feeling confident. You took this criticism and turned it into an opportunity to connect with yourself, to immediately restore and repair your boundary. And now you're in an even better position to succeed. Another way to think about this example is to instead imagine that it was your coworker who got called into the office. If they came back upset and discouraged, would you say, Yeah, you stupid idiot. What's wrong with you? No. You would comfort them with kindness and respond with understanding. You might say, I was confused with this too when I started. Why don't we walk through this process together? It's a little complicated, but you'll get the hang of it. This is what I mean when I say treat yourself with kindness. From treating yourself with kindness, we reach our first external skill. Set strong boundaries. Boundaries are personal limits, rules, or guidelines that establish reasonable ways for people to interact with you. You also get to decide how you want to react when someone crosses one of your boundaries. Listen to the episode on anger, where we talk more about what happens when someone crosses a boundary. I love boundaries. Love them. I always advocate for my clients to practice setting strong boundaries in their lives. As empaths, because we naturally tend to overgive in our lives, boundaries become a way of life. A healthy set of boundaries has saved me in many situations when I feel out of control or too swept up in the moment to stop and think. When you are creating boundaries, there are two methods you can start to use. The first is preventative boundaries. Think about the way you interact with work or school or your personal life. As you strengthen your inner skills, you may find that some of those relationships are not as balanced or healthy as they could be. In what ways can you change that? When I worked in hourly jobs, I did my best to hold a strict work-life balance. It is my intention to be present and ready from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. But at 5.01 p.m., don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't think about me. I'm done. Does that sound a little intense? Good. Be intense. Give your boundaries some punch. That is the idea of a strong boundary. When you set the boundary as, I'm done with work at 5 p.m., and I would appreciate it, If no one would ask me to do anything after because I'm technically off the clock and I don't want to feel obligated, so thanks. That's a flimsy boundary. Be intense. Be direct. It helps you uphold them and stand strong. The second method of setting boundaries is reactionary. When we covered anger, we asked ourselves, what boundaries need to be repaired? We can expand this question to include, What new boundaries need to be set? You are ever-evolving as you move through your world, so it makes sense that your boundaries are going to continually grow and change. The example I gave in the anger episode was inspired by a real story. When I was an undergrad, 
a new professor, his name was Alan Dawson, started my junior year. As the newest faculty member, he was responsible for the anthropology club. I was the co-chair. So I spent a lot of time with this professor outside of class. Based on that relationship and my assumed familiarity with him, I just called him Dawson. Not professor, not doctor. I just called him by his last name. He didn't like that at all and sent a very pointed email to my advisor and CC'd me about my disrespect. He was strong in upholding his boundary of professionalism and respect. In return, I reacted by setting a new boundary about intentionally honoring people's titles. If they're comfortable with me calling them by their first name or some other name, let them tell me that. This is also a good example of keeping strong boundaries even when the other party doesn't think they did anything wrong. At 19 or 20, I thought this professor and I were being pals. I didn't intend to be disrespectful, and it took me a while to get outside of myself and understand a golden rule. The rule is this. Your intention and your impact can be two different things. I intended for this to be a gesture to show how comfortable I was around him and make him feel comfortable as the new professor. My impact was disrespect and a lack of acknowledgement of his academic accomplishments. There will be times when you are upholding a boundary and the other party doesn't understand that they crossed your boundary. They may say, I was just joking, or it's not a big deal. In response, you might want to instinctively say, well, that's okay, I guess it's not a big deal, and feel silly for even saying otherwise. I want you to be like Professor Alan Dawson. Uphold your boundary, and understand that you are honoring yourself and everything you've accomplished in doing so. The next skill is another deceptively easy one. Learn the power in saying no. You might think, oh, I say no all the time. This is fine for me. Sure, in many situations, you are okay with saying no. But then you get into a high-pressure situation at work or with friends, and now you feel obligated. You feel like these friends will never forgive you for saying no, or this work opportunity will never come up again if you say no. So you say yes, and you hate yourself for it. I want you to know that these are all lies. In fact, you will be able to say yes to more important opportunities and be more present to support your friends because you do say no. Instead of saying yes and spreading yourself paper thin, you get to choose what you want to put your energy into. This translates into more focus, more drive, and more connection where it truly matters. When you get clear on what your triggers are, you can have an easier time saying no. Like our boundaries, the situations that trigger us and drain our energy will change and grow, and so we should be ready to adapt that running list. When you get clear on what your triggers are, you can have an easier time saying no. Like our boundaries, the situations that trigger us and drain our energy will change and grow, so we should be ready to adapt that running list as we go. Let's say you have that one friend or coworker who always asks for money to cover their tab. You feel for them. It's not like you've never been in that position yourself. 
but it seems like week after week, it's the same story. And each week, you were there to bail them out. Part of you feels good, because where would they be without you? You're doing good in the world and helping others. But you're also out an extra $20 all the time, and it makes you frustrated. You can forgo the internal work and continue the cycle of frustration until you break and yell at the person. Why are you always asking me for money? I can't keep covering you. I bet in this pretend situation, you're feeling uncomfortable, embarrassed, even a little angry at yourself. You crossed your own boundary, and in an effort to protect yourself, you hurt someone else. When you get clear on your triggers and realize that this interaction leads you to overextending your energy, covering this person, and then getting frustrated at yourself because you think this person's situation is your responsibility, you can effectively say no. I think it's important to focus on the internal skill first because it gives you a strong foundation to express the external skill. You are confidently saying no because you know that this interaction always leaves you feeling drained and frustrated. Your coworker or friend is in their own situation, and that's not your responsibility to remedy. You will be able to offer help when you can afford it and confidently say no with kindness when you can't spend the money or energy. Our last external skill involves the way we approach other people. I'm borrowing this language from Coactive Coaching. It's one of their guiding principles, and I like the way they explain it. It goes like this. Treat others as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. We are so accustomed to give, and to give without the expectation of receiving, we can be the first to swoop in and try to save the day. To truly hold someone as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole is to treat them with respect. Ask them, what do you need right now? Let them discover and advocate for themselves. Even if they say, I need you to swoop in and save the day, they are giving you the permission to do so, and you are honoring them and their boundaries in the process. A recurring situation that gives you a chance to practice this principle is when someone comes to you to talk. Maybe they've had a bad day and they need some advice or they need to blow off steam. As empaths, we're naturally geared towards these kinds of conversations and we can enjoy this level of emotional vulnerability. Now, depending on your expression, you may be the fixer or the coddler. Sometimes, all a person wants from you is to be coddled and to feel supported. Other times, a person may want advice, or some combination of the two. Treating others as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole means asking them, do you want support or do you want advice? This sets the expectation for the conversation and shows respect to both parties' boundaries. This work is hard. It's uncomfortable. And it takes time. I don't mean like a few days to a week. I'm talking about capital T-I-M-E. Big time. At first, the act of standing your ground and saying no is going to feel uncomfortable, with butterflies in your stomach and your face all hot. Maybe you second-guess yourself. Can I even do that? Can I say no? Yes. Yes, you can. Now you've broken the ice. 
you can move with a little more freedom. The next time you're in a situation where you can't give any more without overextending yourself, you will have an easier time saying no with confidence and kindness. The third time you say no, it will feel even more natural. The same goes for all of these internal and external skills. When I say this work is uncomfortable, and if it was easy, everyone would be a master by now. This is what I mean. Trust me, you are so much more powerful than you can even imagine. You are stepping into this inner power of yours every time you honor yourself and practice one of these skills. This work is intimidating. Practicing these skills puts us in uncomfortable positions. Practicing these internal and external skills may bring up more hurt in the beginning. You might listen to your inner dialogue and realize it's not very supportive. You might be more present with the way you interact with people and find that you are out of balance, giving far more than you are receiving. This is okay and it's normal. As you strengthen these skills, you're taking a critical look at your life and the way you live. What was just accepted as the status quo or as the way things are is now being called into the light. It's normal to start seeing more imbalance or negative things in your life in the beginning. As soon as you can acknowledge it and name it, you can change it. Working with a coach can be a huge benefit. Working on the internal skills keeps our focus solely within ourselves. We can begin this transformation in our cocoon of safety, changing our own mind and our own internal world. Practicing the external skills shifts our focus to the outside. Now we are examining the way we express ourselves, the way we interact and influence other people. This can bring up painful memories or experiences in the past when we did express ourselves or showed up as our authentic self, only to be knocked down. Our saboteurs, those negative inner voices, will use these experiences as evidence against practicing these skills. Working with a coach, a therapist, a knowledgeable healing practitioner can help you reconcile these experiences and turn them into new sources of power to pull from. Every day, the idea that in order to be successful, you need to give and give and give until you're all but spent is reinforced. Stepping into the holistic and balanced life of empathy destroys that structure and expectation. Maybe you're thinking, that's ridiculous because this is just how the world works. That's an expression of this structure and expectation. You are taught to believe that this is the only way, and I'm here to tell you it's not. You can be your idea of successful, have a wonderfully full life, and do so on your own terms. Not later, not once you've reached a certain level, now, today. This journey starts today, and these three external skills that we discussed will help you lay the foundation. I'll talk to you next week. Dear Empath with Gus Baxter is a product of Atlas Readings, LLC. You can find out more information at www.atlasreadings.com or at patreon.com slash atlasreadings.